Hey Rodney, did you know Slack's been a part of the Ready for as long as I have? You mean like back in the Bryant Park days? You know it. Even when there were only a couple of us working out of a cafe in Midtown, Slack is where we came together to tackle the future of work. Over eight years later, we're fully decentralized across eight time zones, and we still do it all with Slack. That's right, because it's the AI-powered platform for growing your business, keeping your teams connected, and making work legitimately simpler. Now you can get up to speed on a new project with one-click summaries or find exactly what you need when you need it with an AI-supercharged search function. It makes your day-to-day easier and gives you the freedom to focus on what really matters, your future. Grow your business without the grind in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. With the action meeting, the point is to unblock. And with the retro, the point is to like kind of come to a conclusion together about what should be different next time. Yeah. And the point of an OS Coffee is like, let's have a great conversation about a shared context. everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Brave New Work, a podcast about reinventing our organizations and the search for a more adaptive and human way of working. I'm Rodney Evans, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Dignan. Salutations. On today's episode, we are going to talk about OS Coffee. It is a meeting structure. I think one of you asked us to do this, so we're gonna. <laughs> um, but before we do, let's do a check-in. That's right. Check in, like always. And today we have an interesting question to use with a group that you already know really well. And we know each other pretty well after these many years and these many pods. And so the question is, what's something I don't know about you? And Rodney, these many check-in rounds. You should start. Yeah, I know 144 things about you in theory, <laughs> except they don't know that I have no memory. So I'm like memento. <laughs> I could literally say anything right now and you'd be yeah. like, cool. Okay, cool, interesting. Cool, cool. Yeah. Which is Blonde hair, huh? <laughs> put me at an advantage a little um, bit. A little bit. All right. But yeah, you go first since this question was your idea. Okay. The first thing that sprang to mind, which is not interesting, but I'm such a ride or die dog person and I talk about my dogs all the time that it may surprise you to know that when I was really young, we had a cat and her name was Missy <laughs> and my parents lived in an old farmhouse in Michigan and Missy was adopted or purchased or found in a barn to deal with mice. And she would kill stuff and she would lay the things she killed out on the steps of the basement to show us. And she hated all human beings except me when I was like a tiny little kid. So I hung out with this cat all the time who routinely bit my father and then also was like the the farm hunter huntress. Wow. I had yeah. no idea. Missy the cat. It's true. I didn't know about Missy the cat. Yeah. There so you, go. you succeeded. Turning the tables. It's honestly, because I have such a bad memory, there's so many things where I'm like, did I tell her that? Did I Do tell her that? Do you want me did to I pretend to be surprised? Right. Yeah. Just make the show work, please. <laughs> For do once. you know, do you know that I know how to drive a race car? Mm-hmm. Okay. I do know that. And that you went to driving school with your dad when you were young. Yes. Do you know? That I don't know how to surf. Yes. Do you know that I desperately wanted to go to space camp when I was in fifth and sixth grade and we couldn't afford it? And it was like something that I was just not going to get, but I was like so striving. I do know that. Do you know that my parents would never let me get white tennis shoes when I was a kid because they would get dirty. And so I had to have black shoes and the cool kids had white shoes. And I felt so uncool and so mad at them about it. I did not know that. Nailed it. That is sad. 
I love it. <laughs> we we I'm, found it. We found I'm, one. I'm all out of stories, kids. <laughs> is the podcast over now? It's this is the last episode. <laughs> Good night. I'm sure there are tons of other things. All I right. Well, there's remember. there's look, there's never a shortage of things to talk about. It just might be out of ideas about me. Um Today's topic, speaking of never a shortage, is a meeting type that the Ready uses to talk about our OS. And so I want to start by asking you to introduce this concept to the listeners. What is OS Coffee? Okay. So for those of you who are just joining us, um, I am having coffee right now so that I can dominate a pickleball later, even though it's... 3.30 in the afternoon, and that's too late for caffeine normally. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Anyway, so for those of you who are new around here, an OS stands for Operating System. It is a lens through which we think about complex systems. There are 12 fields of an OS canvas, which is just a way of visualizing the OS that we often talk about in terms of experiments we're trying, principles we're designing for, ways of working, things like strategy, things like purpose, things like resources or membership or mastery or meetings. So I I lay that tidy foundation because an OS coffee can be a really fun and interesting way for us to explore topics that are related to our operating system. And it tends to be a pretty generative structure. The container is clear, but the contents are emergent. And when I have done this with clients internally, it has sometimes been called transformation coffee or agile coffee or other kinds of coffee. And I always make sure that there is actual coffee and usually also donuts there because that's how I get people to like me and come. And they, you know what, man, they come for the donuts and then they come back for the dope (laughs) conversation that we have. It is interesting that, as I recall, the earliest OS coffee experiments that we did in the Ready, both with clients and ourselves, were more in person. And so you could actually drink coffee. Uh, You could offer coffee. (laughs) Yeah. And now, I mean, as long as long as it's been since the pandemic, they've been this virtual thing. And so the name is kind of silly. But I guess in theory, you can drink coffee at any time. And you're certainly doing that right now. I'm drinking it right now. And it's I like the vibe of like, to me, it's a signal that like, you could bring a beverage. Mm-hmm. You're not going to like have to like have your hands on a keyboard. Right. This isn't an intense note taking sort of thing. We're not going to be like documenting a decision. You can like come with a hot beverage and recline in your chair and still be a participant in this meeting. I almost don't want to call it a meeting. It's that casual. It's not. It is that casual. Right? It's, it's casual, like but it's gathering. so like essential too, but casual. Yeah. Essential. It's an essential community gathering. Yeah. So I guess for folks that are listening who maybe have been in like agile or lean communities, I will point out that it did originate there. So this is not something we invented from scratch. There, There's a tradition of having like a lean coffee or later on an agile coffee where you would bring people together to talk about the same kind of stuff, but in that context. And I think our, our sense was we needed a similarly open-ended and informal and re- recurring zone to do this work in. And that was really what, where it sprang from. And then we just slapped our operating system concept on the front end. You can do this at home if you want to have a finance coffee, a automotive coffee, it doesn't matter. It's the same format no matter what you do. And I think the the format itself is so open-ended compared to what people are used to when they go to a meeting 
So maybe can you say a little bit more about like front to back, how you structure a good OS coffee? Yes. So first of all, coffees are good if people give a shit about what you're (laughs) going to talk about. They generally go better. So like if you're going to have, so you should be clear because even though we don't know the exact topics that we're going to discuss, we thematically know what neighborhood we're driving around. Mm -hmm. So this is a great structure for like a community of practice or like a guild in Spotify terms or like a group of people that doesn't, isn't necessarily interdependent, isn't necessarily sharing work. It could be, but they might not be but has a real interest in learning from one another, in sharing knowledge, in bringing provocation, in tapping the hive mind. So those are sort of the use cases for this structure. It's not meant to be a place where it's like, we identified work and then three (laughs) people took an action item. Like that's not the vibe here. So we all show up to OS Coffee. Let's pretend that we're doing it in person because that seems fun. Fun, okay. Usually, there's a facilitator. There's always a facilitator. And the facilitator's first job is to collect the long list of topics. Mm -hmm. So this can be done in a couple of ways. Um, We can do that with sticky notes. A lot of times, I'll just scribe as the facilitator, like at a whiteboard or, you know, on a a screen. Just call them out. And we ask people to just call out topics, right? And, And we don't ask them to, like, give a presentation or a pitch on the topic, so Aaron, like what's what are three topics that could come up in OS Coffee if you were a participant and I was scribing? Yeah. So maybe if like the aim was the ready retreat or something, I'd be like, topics, where we stay, how often we should do this, and I'm nervous. Great. So I would like scribe those three topics and then and I would gather a bunch of other topics from a bunch of other people. And then we would do some kind of upvoting. So you can do this, you know, with 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 dots, if you want to have people like quickly mark the things, you can just do a show of hands and get a really quick like, you know, ha- hands up or fist to five in just terms of signal. voting. We just want to get some signal for like, are there real losers here that nobody wants to talk about? We'll put those at the bottom of the pile. <laughs> Usually there's some like good energy around one or two things. And so we we rearrange the items so that we have a somewhat prioritized list. And then we pick the first one off. We move it physically in the room over so that anybody who comes in late knows what we're talking about. That's another rule of OS Coffee. You don't have to be on time. You can come when you feel like it. You can leave when you feel like it. It's not, you know, it's not like <laughs> other meetings. And and so that anybody would know what we're discussing. And if you're doing this like in a mural board or a mirror board, same vibe. You're just using virtual stickies instead. And so now we're in discussion. So, Aaron... What is the facilitator doing in the discussion part? Generally speaking, you know, it's they're they're reaching out to the individual who suggested the topic that is that is the current topic and asking a little bit like triage. I'm not sure for those of you that have listened to our episodes on action meetings, one with Sam Sperlin, there are a couple others. It's this motion is pretty similar. There's a reason for that uh, theoretically, and the idea is like, hey, you said hotels. What do you want to get into? And unlike in triage where the question is, what do you need? Which is very much about like unblocking and moving forward quickly. This is actually about opening up space for a conversation. So so the way you'd prompt it might be a little bit more open-ended. Like, what would you like to ask the group? Or what would you like to explore? 
related to hotels with the with the group today and just let the person set the stage. And then ideally, as the facilitator, as quickly as possible, kind of get out of the way and let the group start to to manage that conversation in a natural way. And if you need to, you can do a little, you know, kitten pause on the combo if somebody's being too loud or you're not getting enough share of voice or it's very bursty. So you'd process it like that. Usually in a time box. I don't know how you Always think about this, box. Rodney, but I love I love it when there's like some kind of time box. Sometimes it to me can feel really helpful when it's like five minutes and it's counting down. Other times, if the topic is really juicy, it can feel a little anxiety producing to have like a literal timer in front of everyone. So yeah. I might be like soft managing the time as a facilitator, but but at some point be like, all right, let we're at a point now where I should check in and ask the group. Should we continue in this topic or should we move on to the next yeah. one? Yeah. And again, I do the same thing. I don't usually have a timer up because I don't want people to feel like they're <laughs> racing against the clock to like get their opinion out. But when there's a natural pause in conversation, I'll be like, okay, mm-hmm. we're, we're over five minutes on this one. Again, can I get a, a fist to five? So like show of hands, a fist or a zero is like, please kill me. Can we move on? I'm so <laughs> no bored. And five is like, I will revolt if we don't have five more minutes to talk about this. And then as the facilitator, I'm taking the pulse of the room and making a call on whether we do five more minutes or we move on to our next topic. And in the case of moving on to our next topic, I'm sliding the post-it note over to like done and I'm picking up the second topic and I'm moving that to in discussion or in progress or whatever we're calling that part of the wall (laughs) or board that we're hanging out in. Yeah. And I guess like a little mini pro tip, if you are doing this virtually, which a lot of people are these days, and you're using a tool like Zoom or like around and you actually get people into the discipline of hand raising you can also use that as a signal about, you know, if there's if you check in with everyone when, when your five minutes are up and there are 10 hands up, that's a cool signal that like the room is still pretty hot yeah. on this. And so maybe we keep going for a couple more minutes, even if folks aren't sure. So that's that's a neat thing you can do in the virtual world. And in the in-person world, I, I look more for just like energy and agitation. Like, mm-hmm. it, you know, are people a little bit out of the edge of their seat about this thing? Or is everybody looking at the ceiling and being like, I'm yeah. going to refill my coffee? Yeah. Totally. It's like, it's one of those meeting structures where really anything can happen inside of that five minute container. Cause it's like, you can bring something like hotels and it's like, someone will be like, I didn't think at our last retreat, we had enough public space. And someone will be like, I think that we should stay in a less nice hotel and save more money for like a helicopter ride. And someone will be like, I don't think we should have retreats anymore. And someone will be like, I would rather rent an Airbnb with my family. And yeah. like, that's like, I find, I find those kinds of conversations to be really fun and interesting because in the way that we facilitate and meet, they almost never happen. Right. Like it's almost never like, Hey, here's a provocation acquaintances go fucking nuts on it. (laughs) Like we just don't do that that much because mostly we're meeting with people that we're really like collaborating more closely with. And so I don't know, coffees to me have an element of surprise in a fun way that other meeting structures don't. Yeah. I'm glad you said that because it is, yeah, there is a kind of a different like loose ties. We're affiliated by a shared objective or a shared context, but we're not, we're not so deep in the work 
that that if you look at something like an action meeting that would happen with a small team, they're just trying to get the work unblocked and get back to work. It, yeah. Everyone's trying to move quickly. And if you look at a retrospective, which also has a similar pattern to it, right? Like everybody throws shit at the wall, you group it, and then you discuss it in the order that it was like generally exciting to discuss it in. But again, that that focus is like very much on the last period of time with people you worked closely with and the stakes are high and the, and the topics are pretty narrow. You know, it's yeah. like, let's talk about this one mistake we made and how to not make it again, as opposed to something more broad. So I do think if you get good at the moves of a retro or an action meeting or an OS coffee, you can do the other two much more easily. You'll have like transferable skills, but you have to remember what is the tone and what is the focus of each setting so that you can facilitate in that flavor yeah. Um, which is, it's sort of like crepes. Like, are you, you know, there's, there's savory and they're sweet. Like, if you know how to make Why one, you know how to make one. Why do you have to talk to me about crepes right now? I'm so hungry. I know. I am All too. All I want to do is eat crepes. It's, it's becoming an issue. Ugh. Um, okay. Wait, I have something to say about retros. Say it. Okay. Here's the thing. I feel like the shape of a retro mm. is like, um, it's like a bell shaped where it's okay. like we generate all the things and then we have all of the stuff to admire and we do, you know, patterning and and sense making. And then and then to me, as we wrap up a retro, we're we're doing two things. One is we're coming to some kind of coherence of what we have just learned together. Mm-hmm. It's like here is here's the sense we made or like here's Take the away. pattern we noticed or whatever. Yeah. And then two is we're going like, what is that turning into? Like, what is that yeah. fodder for? Okay. It's a fodder for a proposal. It's a fodder for a project in an action meeting. It's a fodder for whatever, whatever. I don't know what an initiative, it, but it, but it's like, we are ideally coming out of the retro having diverged and then converged mm-hmm. in a coffee. We're just divergent there is not generally any part where you're like, let's try to get to some kind of alignment. It's just like, here's the prompt, YOLO for five minutes. And then as the person who brought it, I find that usually I'm like, huh, all right, thanks. (laughs) And then that's kind of it. It's just a place for like people to like, throw a bunch of stuff at you. And I love bringing something to a coffee that's like, you know, what's the like most fucked up client situation you've had Mm -hmm. this year? Like, mm-hmm. that's just a fun thing. And I'm not trying, I'm not trying to finish that conversation right, right, right. in a way that it's going to turn into something else. But a lot of times it does. And like a lot sure. of times there's a bunch of learning and a bunch of interesting things that happen. But that's like not the point of it isn't to like tie a bow on it. Right. The point is the conversation. Yes. And and I think that's what's unusual. You're right about any kind of a coffee setting like this is with with the action meeting, the point is to unblock. And with the retro, the point is to like kind of come to a conclusion together about what should be different next time. Yeah. And the point of an OS coffee is like, let's have a great conversation about a shared context. Yeah. Um, interestingly, I, what we haven't touched on much that I'd love to dig into with you now is what makes an OS coffee an OS coffee? Because so far we've Branding. sort of... <laughs> so far we've sort of talked about it as this generic format. But in reality, I think... When we, when we dig into this stuff, we are one of the shared contexts that we're bringing to the table is like we work in this system together. Mm-hmm. And so I find that people generally come with one of two things, either a conversation that's a little bit about like something that's going on in the system itself, either by the way it's designed or by what's not present or who knows what. 
And they want to kind of explore that and chew on that. And then another kind of conversation that comes up a lot is more about understanding where mm-hmm. somebody is just like, how do we do this again? Or how does this work in our, su-? it's, it's almost like the operating manual. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I'm new to the system and I'm just wondering about this thing. Like how do we do sales at the ready? Mm-hmm. And then, and then we can just kind of all chip in and opine and it becomes a little bit of like a knowledge sharing format. Yeah. Are there other types of questions? You just asked one a moment ago that was like, just kind of fun and provocative, but are there other question types that you think go well in an OS coffee versus like any other type of a setting? Yes. Would you, would you enlighten this? No. Yeah. I was thinking. <laughs> For five ninety nine. I was thinking. <laughs> Set a timer. Okay. Here's where I think things get OSE. So y'all <laughs> have listened to hopefully other episodes that are about participatory governance and consent-based decision-making and all that dope stuff. Our episode with Ted Rao from Sociocracy for All. Anyway, by the time we are at a point where we're like making a decision or making a proposal, first of all, again, interdependence is is necessary because like we wouldn't be consenting to the proposal if it didn't impact us or we didn't have a, a stake. But my point is, by the time we get to that point, I, as a proposer of a change, am clear on what the tension is that the change responds to. And whether it's a personally held tension or it's a tension that I think exists in the system, I, by the time I'm proposing something be different, I'm clear on why I'm doing that. An OS coffee to me is a great place to bring something that I am noticing to a diverse group of people inside of my organization or outside of my organization, frankly, and be like, yo, do any of you see this or sense this too? So it could be something as as tactical as like, you know, having a group of people from different competitive consulting firms and be like, what are you all seeing in terms of how the market is moving? Or like, are you guys seeing more or less price sensitivity? Or has anything changed about buyers? I don't know, something like that. Or in the context of, you know, your own company, it could be like something where it's like, I'm, I am feeling a certain kind of way about our hiring process. Is that, is it just me? You know? And so I think it's a great place to come and get a sense of whether the a thing that you are sensing in the environment externally or in your internal environment is shared by others and to just to just get their takes and get their perspectives on what that might be. I really love that. And I love the fact that you highlighted the different types of communities that can come together with an OS Coffee, because often for us, it is inside the ready or inside a specific client by themselves. But there are so many situations in culture where you could do this with a community, with you know, a bunch of different similar businesses, which with a bunch of different businesses with all the other CMOs in Manhattan, like you can really apply this in almost any context. If you have like a group of, of like-minded folks that get together to kind of counsel each other and move forward in life together, what a cool format to kind of come in and and try. I'm in a group like that, that doesn't (laughs) use a format and it's not my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, I bet. Cause you know, I think when you, in absence of a format like this, 
like one, you know, often one person sort of brings a situation that they're having. And then yep. because it's awkward to cut them off, you just end up spending the whole time you just riff sort on of that parsing one that one thing. Whereas, you, you know, you could potentially get five different topic, get five people's yeah. thing done. Yeah. So, so here's what I want to ask you for all of our corporate brethren. Mm. I have seen situations in my life where there is some question of who owns this meeting? Who should host this meeting? Who should be invited to this meeting? How can I get permission to go to this meeting? How do you, like you get dropped into a system, how do you navigate that? For someone who's listening right now and goes like, this sounds rad. What, What do I do? So I think a few answers. The first one is I would look around to see if there are any communities of practice already structured. Because if there is if there is a group that's coming together in a COP kind of a way, like all the engineers or all the product manager, who knows what it is, and that's the group you want to talk with, yeah. I would start by talking to the person that organizes that and be like, hey, could we take the COP and do a, an OS coffee sometime and just try it out? If that doesn't exist, it's kind of good news for you because you get to be the organizer. And I have literally seen this done both virtually and physically by basically putting up stuff around the halls. Like where there's free coffee and a combo about what is great about working here or what sucks about working here on Friday at you know at two o'clock or whatever. And that whether that's done virtually through a calendar invite or through a Slack message or or in person, um, it kind of gets the people that are curious out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very interesting to see who shows up to a very first OS coffee. So I think it can be you that at least is the organizer when it comes to the facilitation. I, I, and maybe you may agree or disagree with this, but I think like if you have a choice, someone that has gone to like an improv class is a really good start. Mm. You know, you you want the person holding this space to know how to hold space lightly and how to have fun and how to move conversations in a yes and way. And not turn it into a lot of the things that you said it's not, Rodney, which is like, mm-hmm. we're going to get to the answer. We're going to get to the conclusion. We're going to all agree. You need someone that's not in the business of all agree. That's yeah. actually in the business of like, yes, you do have a chicken on your head. And what's his name? Mm-hmm. And and I think that energy comes from kind of that improv type character. So I would be, if that's you, great. If not, I'd be looking for like who in the early hand raisers or who in your group of colleagues that you know and trust is kind of the, the oddball that can hold that space in that mm-hmm. way. And, and try putting them on the MC. Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> I also think that early days, I've made this mistake a lot in, mm. in client projects where I'm like, why would you need permission to do something like this? We're just drinking coffee and right. talking about stuff, you know, but, but that ignores, you know, that ignores the OS of bureaucracy. Yeah, the optics. And so I do, I do think that as the convener, at least when you're spinning it up, it is wise to say in the invitation or in the poster you hang in the hallway or in the Slack message that you post about what you're doing, like what it is and what it's not. And yes. to be clear that, you know, this is not an executive sponsored thing. This not is a not a meeting. mandatory thing. This is not a town hall meeting. Mm-hmm. This is a voluntary opt-in, come when you want, as you are to talk about this kind of stuff with a bunch of, with whoever else shows up. 
And I think you have to be clear about that because otherwise there will be assumptions that, you know, when I, I, I hosted a, a coffee that became like quite popular at a client. And, and one of the narratives that, that, that I heard was basically <laughs> that like the CEO was behind it and it was for gathering yeah, yeah. information about what was really happening. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> she doesn't even know this is happening. You guys yeah, yeah. settle down, Let's you know? So I think, I think before that kind of narrative creeps in, at least at the beginning, because it is, because it's a different structure than people are accustomed to. And because it does not fit inside of a function or even a cross-functional team, you have to break some of that muscle memory. Like you have to cut through some of the scar tissue just to get people to show up to be like, this is neither mandatory fun, nor is it the kind of meeting you're used to. It's a different thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you said that as well, because the topic, the macro topic of an OS coffee, if it really is an OS coffee, is a little inflammatory, like it's a little provocative to say we're going to talk about our operating system. So even if you do it in a casual way where it's not mandatory and it has no authority and yada, 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 I could see how it could be threatening Mm -hmm. to the system where they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. A bunch of people are not unionizing in the cafeteria over caffeine. Like that's not that's not what we're doing here. So it's nice to have an executive sponsor who's not sponsoring it from a power place, but just from a like, this is okay to Uh do this. And, And like, I'm interested in hearing what what we learn, but it's not like, to your point, it's not like our information source and it's not our official format for creating what we're going to work on next. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's important that the group norms around things like that. So is it Vegas rules? Is it like what happens at coffee stays at coffee? Um, You know, the other thing that I've seen happen that is challenging to head off is like, Sometimes there's an axe grinder who shows up week after week and can just like really ruin it for everyone else. Yes. Yes. And and as the facilitator, it might be challenging for you, but but at some point you gotta direct, you gotta think in service of the group and help that person find a resource that's gonna actually deal with their gripes. Cause them coming every week and being like, we should unionize in the cafeteria, it's like this isn't the place for that, bro. Nobody here has the authority to do that. Like maybe if 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 in the conversation you get an, a a small band of interested parties and you want to take that out somewhere else and figure out what to do with it, awesome. Yeah. But you can't just show up week after week being like this is fuck and and expect that that you can just like dump that into the room week yeah. after week and have people just sort of admire your rage. No, it's toxic. It's the worst. And I think there is there is a little bit of like a hack for that, which is next to the agenda can be a list of agreed rules, norms, running mm-hmm. rules for the meeting, where it can say like, keep it light, don't seek solutions, don't be an asshole, don't say the same shit five times in a row. And then when Larry does that, you can be like, Larry, tap, tap, Right here. Like, Larry, did we're not, we do this last week? Yeah, like feel eyes like this on. was familiar. Yeah, exactly. And then and then if somebody's violating those in continuity, you at least have something to then say, like, well, you're kind of violating the, the rules of the game here. So I, yeah. I would prefer if you didn't come unless you can comply. And it's a lot easier to do that as a facilitator if you have something to point to that everybody said, this is the rules of the game. Yeah. Then if you're like just some random person who convened this and now Larry, who is technically senior to you, is like on the rampage. Right. Yeah. Okay. Let's make those, let's give our facilitators who are going to go try this defaults of those agreements that they could pose to the group the first time. Nice. So default rules that you as the facilitator could propose to the group. 
Don't be like, this is my coffee. Follow these rules, assholes. Maybe be like, hey, here are some constraints that I think could really help this conversation. Sing, we can add to these over time or we can get rid of them if we don't need them. But what do you all think about running with these for Mm -hmm. our first coffee? Any objections? Rule number one to me is what happens in OS coffee stays in OS coffee because nobody wants to have a spicy conversation where they feel like someone is going to walk out and say to their boss, can you believe what, like, here's what Rodney said in that meeting. Like, no, thank you. So Vegas rules. I love that. All right. Well, I'll, I'll play back that uh, pickleball and say that this yes and open it up idea should be a rule. So like our goal with the conversation is to keep opening new spaces within that original suggestion or that original request. We want to keep opening the book. Our goal is not to close it. Our goal is not to be right or not to argue something. It is like, how can I find more room, more corners of this topic as a contributor? Mm -hmm. So be yes and about it. Yes and about it. Um, I might propose one that's like, talk about topics, not people. Mm. Because that can happen. Definitely, I have seen the situation in OS Coffee where a particularly reviled leader comes up in a very, like, in in an anonymous way. And then Mm -hmm. pretty soon, someone's like, I mean, I think we all know who we're talking about. And then pretty soon, the whole room just, like, wants to just tear apart this person who's not there. And I'm like, that's not... That's not really what we're doing here. Let's let's bring it back to something that feels like it is about the OS, not the individual. So like that I think having that named because it's a very human instinct to immediately, you know, form an in-group and start like cr- critiquing, particularly a power holder who's not in the room. This might be like a twin sister of that rule, but the idea of like let's stay above the line. So if the topic itself feels charged emotionally with like dysfunction and it's fraught and it's making you really angry and like bringing it up is going to be really vitriolic, it's not the right forum. Yeah, maybe not. Like it's not, there's a place to process that kind of tension that is not this. And it might be in real governance. It might be in a private one-on-one. It might be in a coaching session. It might be in a meeting with people actually working on the OS and a specific mandate. But like if you're just going to throw somebody under the bus and then a bunch of other people are going to grab pitchforks, yeah, that's that's going to be a no. So one way to sense that would be what you said, which is like, no, let's not focus on names. But I was thinking of the other thing that happens. There's a shadow side to that, which is like sometimes people will do a topic where they're like, you know, when people leave their <laughs> coffee mugs by the sink and they're assholes and their names <laughs> rhyme with Fally. And it's like, OK, we all know what you're doing here. So I think same thing, like that's charged. So don't bring that, you know, let's find another place for that. Yeah. And then the last one that came to mind is saying very specifically, you can come and go as you please. And if you show up one week, you don't have to. Having running rules like that is really important because this is a different type of structure. And I've had people, I can't tell you how many times in client engagements... I'll get a I'll get a Slack message from someone that's like, I'm really sorry I can't make coffee today out of conflict. <laughs> and I'm like, you don't owe me an RSVP or an explanation. Right. You come because it's valuable to you and come when you can make it. This is not meant to be another obligation. Do you call your Starbucks when you're not gonna make it that day? 
Right. That's exactly. how we're going to feel about that. this. Yeah, yeah. This is that. But I think you have to be clear with people about that because mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're going to be well-intentioned. Their default and once assumption. they feel an investment in the community, they're going to behave as if it is a different kind of thing than it is. Yep. Yep. Can I do one more? I mean, you said that was the last one, but I feel like I, I have one more. I, d- <laughs> I do that on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. It's not even mine, but but there is one more, which is step up, step back. I wrote that in the notes, and now you're just going to take credit. And, Hang on. Uh-huh. I just said it's not even mine. Mm-hmm. I literally just said that. Go. It's on the tape. It's fine. You can listen to it in the playbook. Yeah, Rodney wrote this in the notes, and I didn't want to let it go. I think it's a really nice rule for people to be paying attention to equal talk time. And so if you feel like you've been really eating up a lot of air, give it, you know, give it a break. It, that might be within the same meeting. It might be between meetings, but just like pay attention to how you're contributing. And if you're never saying anything, that's a signal. And if you're always saying something, that's a signal. Yes. I'm going to make a, a related suggestion, but this isn't a running rule that I would post. Right. It's just a facilitation suggestion. We use sometimes at the ready, the stack message, method, the yes. stack method, which Sharon Ball brought to us. And I really like it. So what that means, and you can do this, you can do this in person, like with a post-it note or something like that, or you, it works really well in chat. It's just, if I, if I bring up the topic and I tee it up and Aaron goes first and there are three other people who want to say something, they just can type stack in the chat or whatever word you choose, or they can like, you know, put, put a post-it note in front of them so that basically the facilitator is seeing the order of comments and you're, you're, you're forming a little cue for who gets to talk next. And first of all, I think it, it, slows the pace in a good way mm-hmm. where it's not like the second someone takes a breath, three people are like, me, like, oh, let me do it. Secondly, the people who are like, me, me, call on me, let me go next are always the same people and often have the same identities. So this helps make enough space for people to get in there. And third, and for me, most important personally, is I find that once I put Stack in the chat, then I can listen to what's going on yes. because I'm not waiting for my turn to talk. I'm like, I've secured my place in line and now I can be present to the three conversations that are going to happen before it's my turn. Whereas if I don't get that, I'm just like waiting for a break so that I can go. That to me is the most unexpected and wonderful benefit that you've identified. Like Mm. being able to be present in a conversation like this allows it to be more fun and more interesting and be more curious and all that. So I'm, I'm thrilled that you said that. And I think that's actually a great place to draw things to a close is like do all the hacks so that you can be present in every conversation that you're having. Um, so yeah, let's, let's shut it down there and folks tell us, tell us how this goes. If you try to spin up an OS coffee in your neck of the woods, let us know. And who knows, maybe we can even guest star. We could pop by and throw a few thoughts in ourselves. We would love to, uh, if you enjoyed this show today, this slightly loopy, slightly (laughs) underslept show, uh, we would love a review or you could forward this show to someone who needs it on Spotify. Did I say this already on the show? I just learned that you only have to hit five stars. You don't even have to write any words down. It's 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 so easy. You guys, I hadn't even reviewed the show myself, but now I gave it five full stars on Spotify. Go do it. Did you know that other shows have more reviews than us? I didn't. Shows that are 
hosted by blowhards who are saying Ugh. wrongheaded things. Gross. Have more reviews. So we can do something it. about this. If I everyone know. who listens does something about it, then we can be those blowhards. <laughs> All right. A quick tip of the hat, as always, to Taylor Marvin for making us sound good, even when we're underslept. Brave New Work is produced by The Ready, where we help organizations around the world change the way they work and meet. You can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at theready.com. As for you, thanks for listening. Now go change something.